Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Nugget number one. Ready? Read. Doing the will of God is not always, hold that in the video department, please keep that up. Doing the will of God is not always an easy assignment. How many by the lifting of your hands, you want to do the will of God for your life? It's about half of you, a few of you not sure. Okay, let me say it again, maybe it wasn't understood. Lift your hand if in your heart, doesn't mean you always hit the mark, doesn't mean you don't make mistakes, but in your heart of hearts, you really do want to do the will of God. And I'm really talking to the fathers today, the men. Come on, wave it at me. I really do want to do the will of God. I really do want to fulfill the assignment of God on my life. The challenge is fulfilling the assignment of God on your life is not always easy. You can lose friends doing what God told you to do. As a matter of fact, the more you're committed to doing what God has called you to do, the more you're subject to being misunderstood. There's a price to pay to fulfill the call of God on your life. As a matter of fact, if you're committed to fulfilling the call of God on your life, people who are not committed will criticize you for being committed. Nugget number two, please. There is a reward for living. If it wasn't a reward for living the obedient life, why be obedient? Come on, let's just stop being churchy and and let's get real now. If there was no benefit in obeying God, then why do it? And sometimes it looked like there is no benefit. You're going to church to worship God, your neighbor's going to the golf course. You're serving God the best you know how, and your neighbors are getting high and cussing and fussing and living any way they want to live. And sometimes it looks like they're getting ahead further and faster than you. Sometimes for a season, it looks like the sinner is having a better deal than those who are committed to God. Hmm. Sometimes, say sometimes, sometimes it looks as though and even feel sometimes when you're being faithful to God, it doesn't look like it's working. It doesn't feel like it's working either. Sometimes it looks like those who are in the world are getting a better deal than those who are committed to the things of God. Sometimes it can become discouraging. Nugget number three, please. The enemy will attempt to distract you, man. I'm talking to these fathers. The enemy will attempt to distract you. 
Nugget number four. The enemy will seek to discourage you. Anybody ever been discouraged? I throw up both of my hands only for me to discover every time I got discouraged, it was the time I got my eyes off of God. And I started looking at my circumstances. I started meditating on what people said, their negative comments, etc. And God in my soul, in my mind, in my spirit, God got smaller and the circumstances and the problems and what they were saying got bigger and bigger. And I looked up one day and I was discouraged. Discouragement is an attack of the enemy. Nugget number five, please. The enemy will seek to discredit you. The enemy will seek to discredit you. If you're really called, if you're really called of God, the enemy will work overtime to try to discredit you. Why? So that the people won't listen. Nugget number six, and we'll close on this. Obeying God is a test of character. And so, my character is not on display in this room because I'm being monitored by you. As a matter of fact, your character is not being on display because you're being monitored by us. Some of you are not as nice as you're acting now. But you're being monitored. We're all being monitored right now. But your true character is what you do when nobody's looking. And that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes because nobody knows us like we know us other than God. Come on now, we're all acting churchy now. Come on, say amen. amen. But, but after service, some of you cuss. Don't look down your eye. We won't start no fights. But I'm just simply saying that your character is not on display now. Your character is what you do when nobody's looking. That is the real you. And that is the you that God wants to change with the word of God. Are you listening to me? That the way we act right now would be the way we act on Monday and Tuesday. The way we act right now would be the way we act when somebody cut in front of us on, you know, while we're driving. The, the way we act now, God wants us to act that way when the light turns green and the person in front of you don't move. God wants us to act the way we act right now when somebody drives by you and give you the finger. 
and you step on the gas. What are you going to do when you catch them? And some of you have caught them. And all you did was just stare in there through their window. And depending on your character level, some of you told them you didn't want them to, but you told pull over. And they pulled over and you kept going. Yes, 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 yes. Doing the will of God, it's not always an easy assignment. I could sit down on this because if I had not been with my father, And if my father had not been raised in the church of God to understand the importance of his child or children, child, going to church, he would have never understood the value of sending his son to church every Sunday. I went to church every Sunday, many occasions, with the same burgundy, well, it was maroon. It was it was maroon when I bought it. It was burgundy later. You'll figure that out. With with dirt around my collar because I was raised in a house with no running water and no electricity. So I wore the same suit to church every Sunday and same white shirt. I would wear it. Come home, there were those were called church clothes. So you didn't stop the play. Three people know what I'm talking about. You, you didn't, I mean, kids could have been in the field playing, but you didn't stop to play. If you did, you just looked because you knew to go home and get out of those church clothes. And then the next Sunday, I'd wear the same suit, the same shirt, and sometimes I was leading the song in the choir with the children. Same thing on. But I went every Sunday to Greater First Baptist Church. My pastor, Reverend Benton, who I honor his daughter who is 80 or 88 years old today, I send her something every month to this day to honor that pastor. Because you don't walk in the kind of blessings I walk in and don't extend honor. To walk in real blessings, you have to honor somebody. You have to honor somebody. It's not all for you. God raises you up to be his hands extended. Are you listening to me? And for over over 30-something years, almost 40 years, I honor certain people. It used to be around 15 of them. It's around seven of them left today. And I honor them every month. And they're all 88, 89, or 91, or 92, or 3 years old. And I honor them every month to let them know when you fed me when I was a little boy or you were kind to me when I was a little boy, now that God has blessed me, that is no excuse for me to forget you. And though you didn't ask me for a thing and you done it out of the goodness of your heart, amen, it's Bible, it's right, amen, and it's just and it's honorable for me to extend my expression of appreciation to you, even if you say don't do it, I'm still going to do it. 
because you cannot walk in great blessings without honor. Can somebody say amen? Now let's, let's look at this in Hebrews chapter, chapter number 11. I want, to, I want to do something here for the men because it's not always easy for men to fulfill their God-given assignment. Look at Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 6. But without faith, are you looking at verse 6? But without faith, it is impossible to please him, to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. He's a what? He's a what? He's not a rewarder to everybody. But he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. And that's my goal, to be found diligently. Seeking after the things of God. Why? Because God said he'll reward that person. Just because you're Christian does not qualify for the rewards. Oh, God. Can, can I go ahead? You, you, you see, a reward is earned. For the mere fact you've earned a reward is only indicative of the fact that you worked. Oh, God. And God says, if you work diligently, I'll reward you. Now, now salvation is, is not a reward. Salvation is a gift. And you can't work for a gift. So, so God didn't say that, that, that when, when, when you get saved, that you automatically qualify for the reward. Salvation is a free gift. Amen? But being saved, there are rewards, and I want them. I want every one of them that God's got my name on. And God says, if you're diligently in seeking him, he would reward you. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Now, now, back up to verse number, number five. This is, this is good. Because verse number six only comes into play because of verse number five. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. I believe, we won't get into a theological debate over that, but I believe he's one of the witnesses that are going to come back. I believe he's one of the two witnesses. And we won't get into that. <clears throat> but get a picture of this. Enoch was so faithful to God. He walked so close to God that he got so close to heaven, God said, no sense you going back. Come on. The Bible says that Enoch did not see death. That's why I believe he's one of the two witnesses in Revelation because the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to. Mm -hmm, so he's got to come back. But that's a whole, whole, whole nother talk. By faith, Enoch was taken away. By what? By what? By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. 
and was not found. They looked for him, couldn't find him. Why? Because God had taken. For before he was taken, Pastor Steve, I mean, uh, Enoch had this testimony that he, how many want to please God? He had this testimony that he pleased God. Not the government, God. Not people, God. Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. Oh, God. How did he do it? Because if he pleased God, then I can please God. But I need to know how, how did Enoch please God? And the reason I want to know how Enoch pleased God is because I want to please God. And I want to please God more than I want to please you. That keeps me free from being controlled by you. I want to please God more than anything. That, that, that removes me from being manipulated or dominated even by my spouse. Because my first goal is not to please my wife or to please my family, but to please my God. And if my spouse loves Jesus, and she does, and if my family is a godly family, then they're automatically going to be blessed because I can't please God and not please them. All the men stand up. All the men stand up. Go to three men and say, I want to please God. I want to please God. Hopefully, you don't have to go too far. I want to please God. And the women are not mad watching you say it either because they want you to do it. Because if you'll please God, you'll be faithful to her. If you're married or when you get married. If you please God, you'll provide for her. Ladies, I don't hear you saying nothing. Somebody shout hallelujah. You don't even have a husband yet. Praise God. He, he's coming. You can't be that excited. And God not reward you. Amen. Well, please, I'm sorry, man. Please have a seat. Thank you. So I share with you that salvation is not a reward. Salvation, it is a free gift. Yes, you work for your rewards, but not for salvation. You work for your rewards, but not for salvation. Salvation comes by faith. And Enoch pleased God, yes? How did he do it? Enoch pleased God because, because he walked before God by faith. Enoch pleased God by walking by faith. Enoch pleased God by how? Walking by faith. Okay. Now, faith 
is the substance of things hopeful. So Enoch pleased God by walking by faith, but when he was walking, he didn't see anything, only with his spiritual eyes. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence, it is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not perceived or seen with the senses. So faith is not sense. Are you listening to me? Some of you are stuck because you'll only do things that make sense. But sense is not faith. And faith is not sense. That's why when God asks you to do something, it doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense because if it made sense you can do it but if it takes faith you can't do it without God good brother mighty so you cannot walk with God faithfully and diligently yielding to your senses why because Everything you see is not how it's perceived. You can only faithfully and diligently walk with God by faith because God will ask you to do things that does not make sense. I mean, God would ask you to do things sometimes that it's dangerous to go tell somebody. Why? Because it will not make sense. I mean, why did I have to come to Kansas City, Missouri? Why didn't he send me to Denver? Why didn't he send me to Houston? It was just as easy for God to say Houston, Texas, as it would be Kansas City. Why didn't God send me to Mobile, Alabama? Or Charlotte, North Carolina, where they seem to be just enamored over me and the gift of God in my, my wife and I's life. Why, did God, why didn't God send me to Oakland, California? At least I knew where I would know where I was. Or to San Francisco. Why did God send me somewhere that I had never been and didn't know anybody and why weren't you on I-435 or I-71 when I came up the road shouting and celebrating there he is there he is I didn't see not one of you but I came then he told me to hold a three day seminar didn't he know before he told me to hold the seminar that nobody was going to come and why would he ask me to hold a seminar knowing that that's all the money I got? When he told me to come to Kansas City, I applied for Eastern Airline. My background was around aircraft. Always made good money, big money. 
and they were uh, they had set up an interview for me to come and see them when I came to Kansas City. By the time I got everything together and resigned from the aircraft company that I was working at, uh, Eastern Airlines went bankrupt in Kansas City and left the city closed down. And the devil jumped on my shoulder and said, are you still going to go? Well, God didn't tell me another city. So I came on. In 1986, driving a 1969 Toyota. That's why you can't mess with me and get away with it. Because I obeyed him. And God is not going to allow you to overtake me with your rebellious self. When I obeyed him, I came to this city in 1986, mother, in a 1969 Toyota in July of August in September and October. It was one of the hottest years on record in Kansas City. Go check it out. And I'm driving in a 1969 Toyota Corolla with no air conditioning. And it was a hundred and something degrees outside with the heat index. And I came to the city. I pulled into the city. The Lord told me to hold a three-day seminar. I held it at the, on Bannister uh, at the Ramada Inn by Benjamin's Ranch. I held the conference one night. Nobody showed up. I had cookies and punch. Nobody came. I'm all duded up. I'm ready to teach. Nobody showed up. The next night, I wore the same suit. Nobody saw it yesterday. You laugh, but it wasn't funny to me because I had to pay every night to the, to the hotel. I had to pay for renting the room. And I'm in a city, no job, but I'm obeying God. The next night, I'm ready to teach. I'm ready to go. I done passed out a thousand flyers in the Kansas City metropolitan area. Well, I rationalized Wednesday away because Wednesday, I think, wouldn't it Bill calls me? On Wednesday night, the concert. So I said, well, they didn't come because they was watching Bill Cosby. Thursday night, I, don't, I forget what I rationalized, but they didn't show. And guess what I wore on the last night? Same suit. Nobody saw it Wednesday. Nobody saw it Thursday. Still got the punch. Still got the cookies I got from Sam's. Wholesale. Sugar cookies, if you please. Are you listening to me? Third night I show up, nobody comes. All of a sudden, I hear a clink, clink in the hallway. And it was a lady from Johnson County. She came to the meeting, not because of a flyer, but my dear friend, many of you know, Apostle Clink Scale, who told her, I got a friend in Kansas City that I graduated, a powerful man of God. You need to go hear him teach. And she came only to discover she was the only guest that was in the room. And I taught my heart out. 15 minutes. Are you listening? And she cried. Well, I knew I was working it. Never saw her again. Get to the end of the service. She leaves. I gather all my equipment, all my sound equipment, and everything that I had purchased in Vietnam. I'm gathering it, putting it together to put in the trunk of my car. The guy comes, didn't want to take my money. I was hoping he wouldn't. And he's like, oh. And I said, yeah. 
it's the truth. And he, he's looking like, man, you know, I'm looking at your car. I'm looking at, man, nobody showed up. You, 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 got, you got these two kids at that time, it was Justin and Benjamin. And, I, you know, inside I'm like, yeah, feel sorry for me. Don't take my money. But guess what? Took the money. I go to my apartment, Brywood, right behind Price Choppers on 63rd Street. Those apartments were brand new then. Only to get come back and they have a notice on the door of eviction. I don't have any money. I got tears rolling down my cheeks. This is a lesson for you. I told God, I said, you got me in this city. I don't know nobody. I done spent my last money on a hotel room that only one person showed up. I purchased these thousand flowers that I went all over this Metroplex passing out, wore out my only pair of shoes. And I'm in this city. Can't ask nobody for any money, any help. I don't know nobody. And now I don't have any money. And God says to me, like I'm talking to you now, whose money is it? And with tears rolling down my cheek, I said, yours, Lord. He said, can I do with my money what I want to do? That was my money test. That was my money test. But I passed it. Are you listening to me? People were laughing at me. You remember I used to pull up on 350 Highway. I'm teaching faith and prosperity and steam coming out of, out of my radiator. I'm teaching faith and prosperity and divine healing. And some of the people in the city were making fun of me. You know, when you, when you operate like that, people call you a cult. All right, are you all listening to But But I stayed faithful to what God told me to do. I called Apostle Price. I called Dad Hagen. And they said, did God send you to that city? I said, yes, sir. Are you doing what he told you to do? I said, yes, sir. Apostle Price said, are you teaching the people how to walk by faith and not by sight? I said, yes, sir. Dad Hagen said, are you teaching them what I taught you? I said, yes, sir. They said, stay with it. And if you'll stay with it, God will reward you. Are you listening to me? And today, because I stayed with it, Harvest Church, amen, controls over $40 million worth of assets and is all paid for to the glory of Almighty God. The pew you're sitting on is paid for. This building is paid for. All the land around it, it belongs to us and is paid for. The cabin is paid for. Harvest Church West is paid for. Harvest Church North is paid for. Because he's a rewarder. And what God has called you to do, fathers, it may not make sense, but do it anyway. And stay faithful to it. Because God is a rewarder. And he doesn't operate like the Fortune 500 company. He may not pay you this coming Friday. He may not settle up at the first of the month. 
Good God of mercy. But sooner or later, sooner or later, God has seen every tear, every toil. God has seen your faithfulness. God has seen you give and nothing comes back in return. God has seen you extend kindness. God has watched you feed people, clothe people, love people. And sometimes you get nothing in return. But God says, I'm a rewarder. So faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. I'm looking at Ted and Charmaine, please stand. Because they are witnessing today what I said to them at 350 Highway. No, Adam's Mark. Saying things like this, sounding like a fool. But I seen it with spiritual eyes. I saw it and I know God's voice and I know he's not a man that he would lie or the son of man that he would repent. If God said it, and if you stay faithful, he will bring it to pass, everything he promised you. I said they'll come from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and it wasn't us, but maybe 30 of us in the room. I said the day will come when this city will know Harvard Church members when they see them in the community because they'll have something on them that the others don't have, and that's a spirit of prosperity. We came to church owning nothing, owing everything, but we stayed faithful to the word, and now our members are homeowners, business owners, and some of them are millionaires to this day because the word of God has raised them up. Don't mess with me. We got ex-drug addicts, ex-alcoholics, Malcolm X's, and any other kind of X's. But God is faithful. And all I'm trying to do is charge the men. Man, don't live, men, fathers. Don't live and die not having experienced what all God will do for you and your family if you as the father would be faithful to him. Some of you would see a difference in your family if you would be as committed to God as you are to sports. And I deal with my family. I deal with my family to deal with my grandchildren. Don't you do anything with my grandchildren that would make them ever think something they're engaged in is more important than God. 
The only reason you have a car to take them to the track meet is because of God's goodness. And you don't get blessed and then put God on the back burner. It's God's hand on you that is causing the blessing. You don't want him to take his hand off. And I'll say it again. In a few days, I'll be 70 years old. But that's part of the blessing. I don't care what you say. I know I don't look 70. I know I don't. Because that's part of the reward. God says he'll preserve you. I get around my class reunion people. They had it just the other day. I wasn't able to go. But, but uh, they've been, what are you doing? I mean, I saw some girls and guys, you know, the man, I thought, man, who Jesus. Yeah, you know, when I was in school, man, I, I was after her. And man, I saw her, and she looked so old. And they're asking me, man, what are you doing? I said, man, I'm just serving God. I'm just serving God. Are you listening to me? Man, you don't look like you've ever been sick. I'm not, I'm not sick. I keep my heart clean. I don't talk about, you've been around me 37 years. I don't talk about nobody. No, you've never heard me put my mouth on anybody in a bad way. I keep my heart clean. I don't have any unforgiveness in my heart for one second. So sickness and disease, I have no place to grab a hold of me. I keep my heart clean. I don't care what you think about me. I love you. And listen, I can love you even if you talk about me because you talking about me doesn't stop the blessing. My blessing is not counting on you. My blessing is predicated on what I do. And I can't afford to walk in unforgiveness. Why? I have too many enemies. Because you can't do this and not have enemies. And when I say enemies, they don't all stand on I-435. They come in and sit in front of you and say amen. But God protects you and your wife and your children and the members who are hooked up to the vision. You better hear me today. This is not a communion service, but this will help you. The Bible, Paul said by the Holy Ghost, talking to the church of Corinth, he said, many of you among you are sick and asleep, meaning they were dead. Why? Because they did not discern. Talk to me. The Lord's body. And he wasn't talking about going out committing adultery. He was saying, you're sick, and many of you are dead prematurely because you don't walk in love toward one another. And when you don't walk in love toward one another, you're not discerning the Lord's body. So you're sick because you're hateful. You're sick because you got unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody, even your man of God. 
You got a sister or brother in the church that you don't speak to. You ignore in the hallway because you got art in your heart. Then you take communion. And Paul said, because you fail to discern the Lord's, if you're, listen to me, there's, there's no Baptist, Methodist person. It's just one body of Christ. And if a person is in the body, you have to walk in love toward them. I don't care what they do to you. They may not be right, but they're in the body. So you cannot take communion and have unforgiveness in your heart. You have art and bitterness, hatred, and then take communion. Paul said by the Holy Ghost, you open yourself up to sickness and disease, even death. Please, please have a seat. There's going to be some checking stuff out before this next communion. Because we're always thinking when we're talking about uh, discerning the Lord, we, we, we always want to look at the big fornication. or the, No, you're hateful. You're a busybody. You're a gossiper. You're a talebearer. You cause division in the body. If they hang around you long enough, they won't like their pastor no more because you don't like them. You're causing division. Oh, we don't, we don't talk to her over there. How come we don't talk with her over there? She's in the body. And the Bible says if you got an issue with her, go to her. And don't take your friends. The Bible says you go to her. Just you and her. And try to resolve your issue. If she doesn't hear you, then you take another one or two people with you and you go and try to resolve it. You don't go to the courthouse. Then if they won't hear you, you bring them before the elders of the church. And if they won't hear the elders, you put them out. Put them out. Why? Because if you don't put them out, they're going to poison more people. And God's going to hold it to your charge. Ooh, Jesus. Father's Day. (laughs) In your study time to the men, I want you to read Uh, Nehemiah chapter 6 in your study time, verse 1 through 16. Nehemiah had the charge from God to build the wall around Jerusalem. And uh, Nehemiah is right after Ezra. But in the original writing, uh, in the original Hebrew writing, uh, Ezra and Nehemiah were the same book. They They were not two books. As a matter of fact, I believe that Ezra is the author of Ezra and Nehemiah because uh, Ezra was a priest and Nehemiah was 
was uh, like a, a layman. Are you listening to me? As a matter of fact, Nehemiah was a cupbearer. That was his profession. How many would love to be a cupbearer? Just one, two, two people. Well, a cupbearer, it just means you, 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 walk, you follow the king around. That's all a cupbearer did. He just followed the king around. And whenever the king wanted to eat something, the cupbearer would eat it first. And then the king would stand back and watch him. If the king wanted to drink some water or wine, the, the cupbearer would drink it first. Then the king would sit there and watch, watch the cupbearer to see if he fell over dead. The cupbearer was the guard, the king, against people who were smiling in the king's face but wanted him dead. Well, I could use a couple of cupbearers. But, but, <laughs> take, take a seat. Okay. How you feel? You say you're dizzy? You are, you are, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> to every man that is here today, every father, I don't care what you've done or where you've been, if you make a decision today, right now, to give your life to Jesus and to submit your will to his will. Then and only then will you open the door of opportunity to see what all God will do with you as a, as a man, as a father, to see what all God will do with your family through, through you, what all God will do to your family Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.